You are listening to Riverhouse Church's Sermon of the Week. We hope this talk equips and inspires you. Yeah, I, I uh, you know, there's some, every week's important and significant, but for some reason, this week's just been resting on me, uh, this word. And so I'm just going to pray, and I've really just been praying, like, God, give me the wisdom to express, uh, to express this word in a way that we can grab hold of it, because I think it has the power to change our lives, and that's what God does. It's living seed. So I just am going to invite you. Let's just, you know, we're going to continue worshiping Jesus, but it's, it's with our attention, with our presence, with the listening ear, and we're just going to pull together uh, on his heart and say, Father, we're here to hear from you. We're here to hear from you. So God, we just thank you uh, that you speak to us and you're taking us on a journey. God, that church is not a, a merry-go-round uh, where we just go through the motions again and again, but we're coming to experience and behold your presence and that you're doing a work in us that is progressive and highly intentional and that you've been pursuing us every day of our lives and that you wanna speak to us in such a way, God, that it will bring us forward and that there's an intentional journey that you're leading on as a season of our lives, God. We wanna live our lives and live today in a way that's gonna impact generations to come, God, and impact the, the generations and the legacy that we are carrying within us, God. And we just ask that your wisdom would come lead us and guide us and unlock us to step in more completely to the fullness of what you gave us through the gospel. So we thank you, God, for your presence. We thank you that you're here, and we pray these things in your mighty name. Amen. 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 Well, I, I have a, a, the message tonight. It's on identity, uh, but I'm going to start talking about the grace of God and learning to actually access the grace of God, and then we're gonna kinda go on a journey from there into uh, a discussion on identity that I'm hoping is gonna open up uh, conversation and some ways to process your relationship with God in this season and the seasons to come uh, out, of, out of what we, we discussed tonight. And so Acts 17, 28, it says, in him we live and move and have our being. And we see, you know, Paul is the, the big author of the in Christ language, you know what I'm talking about? And if you read in his epistles, almost exclusively, he starts them and ends them with the same greeting, which is grace be unto you. Uh, and, and then throughout his, you know, epistles, he's, there's this repetition that you cannot miss if you read them, uh, that it's in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. And probably the most famous passage of this in Christ would be Philippians 4, where he says, you know, I've learned the secret of going hungry, of suffering need. I can live in prosperity. I can live in poverty. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And so Paul, it was very significant to his understanding of Jesus and his relationship, this idea of being in Christ. And then you also see the same language of grace be unto you, grace be unto you, right? And I've... I've communicated this before, but it's important that we really understand and grasp the concept of grace, that grace is more than unmerited favor or unmerited, uh, you know, mercy or forgiveness, right? Like Jesus had grace and favor on his life, so it was not unmerited, right? Grace is more than just forgiveness, right? It is forgiveness, but it's so much more than that. Grace is the empowering presence of God that is given to humans. It's that we actually access and come into the presence of God, right? So you see the link where Paul's always saying, grace be unto you, and then he's advocating this life of, of in Christ, 
right? It's, it's synonymous. To be in the grace of God, to receive his grace and live in his grace and access his grace. In him, we live and move and have our being, right? When we are in grace, we're in Christ. So I wanna talk tonight about how we actually access God's empowering presence, how we come into expressing and living uh, from a place of his grace. And um, the, the truth, uh, when it talks about, uh, when we talk about accessing God's presence is that we access it through our identity, right? So we do not come into God's presence through a formula. How many people have tried that before? Right, you like prayed the same way you thought you had it and then bloop, it was like gone. You know what I'm talking about? Right, we don't access God through a formula. Our access point to God's presence is our identity. We are so much more than what we imagine. You are so much more than what you imagine. Look to your neighbor, just say that. You are more than what you imagine. Right, C.S. Lewis, he, he writes in, in one of, you know, he's kind of a theological, philosophical mind, and he, he wrote in uh, one of his uh, uh, writings about the idea that if we could see each other the way that God saw us as the image bearers, as the eternal beings that we are, we would be tempted to fall down and worship one another because we haven't yet beheld such glory. Right, the glory of God is man fully alive. You are so much more than you imagine. Your identity is glorious because you're an image bearer of the glorious one and you are created to represent his nature to the world. You're so much more than what you realize and your access point to God's presence is your identity, right? So in another way to say that is that the way that you can authenticate that you actually have an understanding of your identity is that you are experiencing walking with his presence. You are connected to grace. You are in him having your existence and your life and your being. Right, so you know, because every time you grow up and you come into a deeper understanding of your identity, there is a strong bond of love and there's a revelation that you are favored by God. Right? And when you know that you're favored by someone, it is not difficult to come into their presence. Right? When you know that you are someone's favorite, that they are just bent towards you, that every time that you come around, you get giddy, they get giddy around you, it's not difficult to come into that person's presence. It's not difficult to know that you're accepted. It's not difficult to access that individual in the relationship. When you know you're favored, it's quite easy. So if you don't have a revelation of how favored you are, you have work to do in growing up into who you are in Christ, right? In, into an expression of your identity, right? So, so tonight, right now, I just, I wanna kind of bring an example to this and then I'm hoping to blow your mind a little bit. <laughs> I'll back it up. All right, so, so right now as a preacher, I'm standing in front of you and I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm manifesting my identity before you. I'm actually abiding in God right now in my relational history with him. That is the context of my, I'm, I'm in a relational context right now, abiding with God, and I'm manifesting my identity. 
and as I, I minister, and this is just testimonies that I've had over, you know, it's, I realized the other day, it's almost been seven years straight where I've just been preaching. I'm like, that is a long time. I wonder how many times I've preached. I don't even know. But I only have one message. It's just really, really long and just keeps getting longer, right? <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, and so over, over the last almost seven years, right, I, I hear similar testimonies that, you know, you, you may even now be experiencing God's presence you may find hunger for God awakening and swelling up within you as I'm standing here manifesting my identity as a preacher because this is the truth. As of, you don't need to clap. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not seeking affirmation. I'm trying to exemplify something here. <laughs> I'm gonna get all these emails this week. <laughs> stop, 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 stop. Okay, so the, the reason that, that you're experiencing God's presence is not because of my scriptural knowledge. It's not because of my oratory skill, right? It is because I have been graced by God, right? Not to just be a preacher, that's too generic. I am an apostolic mouthpiece that's been anointed by God to pioneer into the depths of his heart and then bring people into profound intimacy and abounding fruitfulness. That is what God has graced me to do. And so you, week after week, you're actually experiencing the manifestation of my identity. You're experiencing his presence because of the overflow of who I am in Jesus. Does this make sense? I'm not performing for you. Most weeks I wake up on Monday and say, I have no idea. I have nothing to give these people, God. Right? But because I, I, he has given me this identity, I access him week after week and he speaks to me and he opens his scriptures to me and he anoints me and graces me to do what he created me to do. Right? So you're experiencing the, the, the power and the glory of God manifesting through my identity because I'm accessing him through this aspect of my identity, right? So I'm saying this to exemplify that our identities are extremely powerful, right? The manifestation of our identities is very powerful because who did Paul? Where is our identity? It's in Christ. So when we step into our identity, it is in Christ that I, I live and move and have my being. So his presence actually manifests through my identity because it's in him and he's in me. So it's extraordinarily powerful. Your identity, not only are you more than you know, every aspect of your identity is extraordinarily powerful because it is in Christ, meaning his presence actually manifests through your identity and it changes people. It changes environments, it gets into people's hearts, it transforms the world. Right? You are a tabernacle of God, a habitation. You have an identity in Christ. Right? And this is how I'm going to blow your mind. God is unsearchable. Right? We will spend all eternity exploring the depths of his goodness. Right? God is manifold would be a way to say that. And the word, the word manifold is multifaceted. Right? The best way to get a visual image of the word manifold is a diamond. Right? There are endless refractions of light that bounce around within a diamond and it causes these prisms of lights and these sparkle. And you can look at a diamond a thousand different ways and see a thousand different refractions of beauty. God is manifold. But get this, because he is manifold and your identity is your access to relationship with him, so are you. 
So I'm standing here manifesting one aspect, one refraction of my identity as a preacher before you, and it's powerful. But I am a manifold man of God, human being, created image bearer of the creator God, and so are you. Right? One, one refraction, one aspect, one expression of our identity is extremely powerful. But we have a manifold identity because we are made in the image of a manifold God. And the glory of God is man fully alive. When I grow up into the maturity of who I am in Christ, in him I live and move and have my being. I become a refraction. I become like a diamond that his glory just manifests through every relational experience of my life because he has given me a manifold identity. I am as multifaceted, right? It, like it's endless and so are you because we're made in his image. This is, this is wonderful news. Are you thinking? So manifold identity, because it's a manifold God, right? And I, I, wanna, I wanna make this practical here, right? So when we're speaking of identity, right, like we do this all the time, different expressions of identity. Even tonight, as you've been in this room, you've actually related to different people in this room out of different aspects of your identity, right? So I relate differently with my brother because I have an identity as brother with him as I do with someone else, as I do with someone else, as I do with someone else, right? Even at, think of yourself at a family gathering, right? You talk to your uncle differently than you do your grandpa, differently than you do your dad, differently than you do your niece, differently, right? Because you're actually operating relationally out of different expressions of your identity. Right? That's in the natural sense, right? So it's the same with God, right? We have, we have a very vast uh, invitation into a world of relationship with God because he's unsearchable, right? And so I'm gonna kind of build a foundation of identity and more kind of, I'm trying to push you into exploration of who he is and who you are uh, in him, right? So the things that we, if, if you now imagine your identity like a house, right? There's, there's some things that we all have very much in common, but then there are aspects of who we are that ex are extraordinarily nuanced uh, depending on the, the, the nature of our relationship with him, right? So the, the two things that are very common is that the foundation of our houses, the foundation of each one of our identities is, is exactly the same, right? The cornerstone of all of our identities is that we are child. God is Abba and we are child. Right? And this is so important because the cornerstone, why I say cornerstone is that is what everything else is actually oriented and referenced from, and it's child. That is the most fundamental uh, identity, label, title that we have in our relationship to God. He is Abba, Daddy, we are child, beloved. Right? And the reason that it's so important is because it's actually the great equalizer and it makes it that we, like, we receive. Right? Salvation was a gift. Right, God pursued, he first loved. So we have a, a cornerstone of your and mine identity is knowing God as Abba, child. Right, and then the foundation that that cornerstone sets is that we are worshiper. 
God is good, he's the creator, and it was good, and we are worshipers, right? And worship is the foundation because everything that the house is then built upon rests upon a foundation of worship, right? And the, all the things that I do and all the other titles that I hold and all the other expressions of my identity, they rest on I am child and I've received love, and then the foundation is worshiper for the glory of God, to glorify a good, good, good God. Does this make sense to you? Right, so this is, this is kind of the, the very common. This is the foundation. This is the framework of our identity, cornerstone uh, foundation. But then it just opens up to a world of exploration. Right, he is a prophet and a visionary. We have an identity as a dreamer. He is an apostolic leader. We have an identity as a world changer. He is the prince of peace. We have an identity as a resting place. He is the bread of life and the water that won't satisfy. We have an identity as one who hungers and thirsts. He is the bridegroom. We have an identity as the bride. I can go on and on and on and on. He's unsearchable. And the way we know him is through relationship. It's through our identity. So if we're gonna know him more, we're gonna find out who we are as well because we don't just know him in this indistinct and unfamiliar way like we're watching him and seeing these. No, he wants us to know him, to know him. Ephesians 3.19, that you would know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge and be filled with the fullness of God. I've preached this so many times, but it just hits me every time. No is yada, Adam, yada, Eve, and they conceived a son. It's, it, Paul is a Greek. Yada, was a, it's more than just an intellectual. Right? We have to know something beyond the way that our mind can conceptualize things. Because concepts are just forms we create in our mind to try to understand and control things. God doesn't want to be controlled. He wants to be known by you. He wants you to know him, to experience him. Which means he created you with a manifold identity so that you, above any other created being, could have the capacity to come into yada, to knowledge of God, which means this, because he's a manifold God and we have a manifold identity, he bestows manifold grace upon our lives. He gives us his empowering presence so that we can partner with him to come into true knowledge of who he is. Meaning this, in every season of your life, God wants to be something to you. And not just that, he has actually given you grace so that you have the ability to know him in a new way, to actually mature and grow up into the fullness of Christ. Right, the, 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 the full expression, right? Like when, when you've matured completely, your manifold identity has matured, you become like Christ. That, that is what Jesus came to exemplify a man in right relationship with God, emptied of self, filled with, filled with love. And God wants us to be like him. Ephesians 4, you know, it's a picture of the church that we'll grow up into a full maturity and look like Jesus. Right, so God, in his, in his, out of his goodness, right, he deposits his presence to mature us in very, very intentional ways in intentional seasons. Right? And God gifts us his presence in our area of relational need. Right? In the very area where he's trying to open our eyes to who he is and who we are. That is where he gives us grace in any season. Right? If he's going to build the house of our identity, he's gonna, it's relational. There, there's something about himself that he's wanting to be to you. 
And there's something about yourself he's wanting you to grow up into and actually grow into a higher, a greater consciousness of relationship with him and of his presence. Are you following me or are you just like lost right now? Right, so a lot of times when we read uh, like to know the love of Christ, yada, we think of particularly in more of like the, the, you know, I would say charismatic, but that means too many things to different people, but in the Holy Spirit side of the church, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, we, we read that and we think that means that we need to have a spiritual experience on a Sunday uh, to know him in a way that surpasses knowledge. And that may happen. We love when the Holy Spirit encounters us. But I would also just offer that I believe more revelation actually comes through process than it does through experience. Right? And what I mean by just like a one-time experience. Right? And so I believe the way that we actually go from the head to the heart in our knowledge is actually by walking with God and partnering with his grace through life's relationships to come into knowledge. Right? God may like, you know, I want to reveal myself as the prince of peace to your life, meaning I'm trying to grow you up into an understanding of being a resting place. Right? And, and you may have an encounter with peace on Sunday, but that encounter is actually God depositing grace for you to partner with him for a process in your life of growing in relationship with who he is as the prince of peace and who you are as a resting place of the glory of God and the presence of God. Right, so it's not just an experience on Sunday. That's not how I go from my head to my heart. How I go from my head to my heart is I partner with God and allow Jesus to disciple me up into maturity of my identity and into relationship with him. Does this make sense to you? Okay, you're just quiet as I'm talking. Give me a little more affirmation. It'll make me feel better. All right, so here's, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Every relationship in life fundamentally has, and this is from an earthly reality, Right? Every earthly relationship, and this is what trains us of what relationship is, it has a, a very similar pattern, which is this. The first step is elation. Oh my gosh, I love you. You're amazing. You're my long lost friend. I've always wanted a friend just like you. You're literally perfect. And then what happens next? Disappointment. <laughs> Disappointment, right? Can I get an amen? Right, so elation, disappointment. This can be relationships with people. This can be relationships with churches. Anybody? River House is God's gift to earth. Oh my gosh, it's got people in there. Right, any job, it doesn't matter. That is, that's, that's our tendency. That's the pattern of human relationship. Elation, disappointment. And this is where you find out the quality of any relationship in your life. It's what happens when disappointment takes place. Because at that point, there will either be growth or there will be disillusionment and then ultimately abandonment. The devil knows who you are, right? He sees who God is and he sees the image of God in you and me. That's why he hates us. That's why he wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life. And the area that he will always attack is your identity. Jesus is in the wilderness, right? He wasn't getting tested about hunger. He wasn't getting tested about, about you know, there, there were temptations, but if you're the son of God, do this. If you're the son of God, it was a direct assault on what he had just received at John's baptism. At the enemy of your soul, he understands that your access point to God's presence is a revelation of who you are. So he will attack and, and intentionally assign resources to thwart you into disappointment and he wants you to disillusion and abandon your identity, right? And so I believe a lot of the church um, actually knows Jesus as savior 
and, and as saved, you know, delivered, redeemed. And, and it, once we come to know Jesus, then he's just going to a, a, attach assignment to try to get us to grow up in any other aspect of our identity in Christ because our identity is exceedingly powerful. Every expression of our identity manifests the presence of God and transforms the world. So he will assign, uh, uh, you know, he, he's, that, that's where the attack's gonna come is in, in identity. And so uh, in this life, as we're in the, the, the reality of the world, we're gonna have elation, we're gonna have disappointment. And how many of us, you've had that actually in your relationship with God? Right, you've projected ideals, maybe out of brokenness, maybe out of things, maybe out of misconceptions, maybe out of bad theology, maybe out of some, you know, you've projected things on God. He was gonna be everything and then all of a sudden it didn't quite work out and you're in disappointment, right? So disappointment is, is gonna happen in all of our lives, but you have to recognize that if you can persevere through your disappointment, you will grow and you will grow up into the maturity of who you are and you'll have an understanding of who he is. It's actually through disappointment that your faith turns to knowledge, right? Because God wants you to know him, to experientially know him, right? And I would say that that deep knowing really doesn't happen often on Sunday's encounters. It happens periodically, but God, even if someone gets a breakthrough in a public meeting, it's because there was a history behind it of someone walking with God and persevering through the disappointment, persevering and not knowing is God who he says he is. That's where faith gets expressed. We've got to persevere, but this is the thing. God gives grace to us. He's giving grace to us in the times of disappointment. He's giving grace to us in every single aspect of our life. He is giving grace because he is wanting to be something to you today. Today, right now, in this season, he wants to be something to you. He is intentionally leading your life to try to grow you up into the full expression and maturity of who you are. He's trying to build the house of your identity. Right, and so we have to persevere. We have to partner with his grace if we're gonna see this. And this is Paul in Colossians chapter three. He says, therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, right, he's saying, if, so if you have an identity in Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things on earth, for you've died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. That is not uh, uh, Paul trying to get you to live in the clouds and become super spiritual and deny what's happening in your life. He's saying if you have been crucified with Christ, born again as a new creation, if you have an identity in him, the one who's seated at the right hand of God, who said it is finished, saying keep seeking him and in the midst of the trials and the disappointments you may be facing don't focus on your circumstances focus on the grace that is available to you because in that grace I can do all things through him who strengthens me you will find strength and fortitude so you can walk the journey and your faith in who he is and as the prince of peace or as the protector of your life or as a father or as whatever it is he's wanting to be to you that faith will turn to knowledge because he's giving you grace right in the place of your need. Right? Right, like God knows what he's doing. He's intentional. 
He is trying to do something very intentional in your life. And the enemy, the darkness, will attack you right there as well, which means you need his grace, but he will give you what you need. You will walk that process and you will grow up. You will grow up and you'll know. How do you know? How do you know you got it? How do, you, how do I know that the, I've matured in this area of my identity? Because you have access to his presence. Right? I, 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 I look at you honestly, church. There's, I'm not trying to brag. I'm just trying to show you. I know how to get into God's presence. I literally know how to access him because I have matured. There are so many aspects of my identity that I know, I know God. And there are times, literally this morning I was praying. And I said, Lord, the leader in me is kind of tired. The preacher in me is kind of tired. I was like going, I was like, the, the, this in me is kind of feeling this. Da, da, da. I said, but you know what? The child in me, I feel so loved right now. And I literally, I was like, I'm not even gonna go into preacher mode to try to plan this sermon. I said, I'm just gonna stay back here as child because I just need to be filled up and loved. And I just had the most beautiful morning in his presence. Probably three hours passed by because I was just in child. And then it's crazy, out of child, I got, he started speaking to me. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. So I don't, I don't have the energy right now. I don't have grace to step into leader preacher. I'm really tired. I feel like that's kind of burnout, right? We, we, are, we are a manifold person, a manifold identity. It's amazing. And each aspect, each sparkle of that diamond is, is radically favored. And in Jesus, is an expression of Jesus. And it's like we get so many tools in our tool belt, it's like Satan do whatever he wants. I know how to access God. You can, you can come against me here, I can access God here. You, you don't have enough resources to shut me down. Because I know him. I know him. I know him. You can't mess with my head, because it's not rooted in my head. I know him. Right, this is the pathway to more than a conqueror. This is the pathway. It is your identity. Every aspect of your identity, your identity as friend of God, your identity as a sheep that follows the shepherd, your identity as one who hungers and thirsts, your identity as child, your identity as fully mature son, your identity as worshiper, as lover, every single aspect is so glorious. It is so unique. It is so marvelous. It, it's derived from him. Right, like we sing it, a lifetime worth of worship is just the start, right? The, the endless nuances of his name. He wants to be known by you, right? But we have to persevere and partner, right? And we have to figure out, there's, there's two questions that I think are really important in it. The first is you gotta figure out in any season, any stage of your life, who is it that God wants to be for you? And then second, you gotta ask God, uh, what aspect of my identity are you maturing? If you can answer those two questions, you can find the grace of God for you in any season and you will persevere and overcome. If you answer those two questions, if you know them, then once you know the answer to those questions, you fix your eyes on it and you don't take it off. No, I'm, I'm focused on grace. 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 I'm focused on the grace that's available to me because it's in him I move and live and have my being. Two questions, who does God wanna be for you? And what aspect of my identity are you maturing? 
If you find those questions, you'll, the, you'll, find, you'll know true north. You'll know where he's moving. You'll know where he's available to you. Right? And this is true. Like you, there may, he may be want to be multiple things to you in a season of your life, but just start with one. Right? And you, 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 what you'll do, if you start answering these questions, you will start to see the wisdom of God woven throughout all your circumstances. And you'll see how the thing that's happening at work that seems so disconnected from what's taking place in your marriage or with one of your kids, it's all designed by God because he's the author and perfecter of your faith. And in each one of these difficult situations, you'll say, wow, there is grace because this is who you're trying to be to me and this is who I am. And you'll know that you've, you've grown up in this aspect when you have access to his presence. His presence is what authenticates the process. But on that process, so much revelation comes. Uh, when I was in Africa, one of the things that I always took with me is there was a day when, when Roland Baker, uh, he was speaking to us and he just said, the most important thing, guys, that you'll ever have in this life is your relationship with Jesus. He said, there's nothing else more important. So I wanna end today by just saying, that your relationship with Jesus is everything. It is the only possession you get to take with you into the next life. You can give yourself to create something that is so deep and beautiful and nuanced and powerful, right? And it, it, it's real. Jesus wants you to know him. He wants you to know him in every way. He wants to know you in the deepest sense of who he is. He already knows you, but he's longing for us to mature up into a, a, a full expression so that we can be intimate with him. It is, it is the greatest thing. It is the greatest message that Jesus came and shed his blood, not just so that he could be the savior of our sins and get us so that we're clean and then we can squeak by into heaven but he came to save us so that we could come into the presence of God and fully mature and become the more than we can imagine of who we are. You know, I often think that we actually misappropriate Ephesians 3.20 often, which is more than we can ask or imagine. You know what I'm talking about? We, we, we take that and we appropriate it in the sense of like the things that we're called to do. When I think the context, it's the verse preceding is that you would know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge and be filled with the fullness of God. And then Paul says, to him who can do more than you can imagine. In other words, the relationship that you can have with Jesus is beyond anything that you could ever, ever fathom. You have been created with the capacity to know God and be filled with his fullness. And I do not understand how the God who spoke the stars into the existence created us with a capacity to know him. But I want to explore and live and experience and know that reality because that is my inheritance. That is my birthright. That is who I am in Christ. And it is also who you are. And so recognize it doesn't matter what's happening in life. God is pursuing you. God wants to be something to you. And God is intentionally building the house of your identity so that he can come in and be home and be known by you and you known by him. This is good news. You know, so I, I felt, I, I, I like to, you know, I've been preaching these messages, but I've been spending time asking God, how is it that you're wanting to, like, what is this meaning to people? Like, how are, how are you wanting to actually 
you know, apply this. And I felt the Lord showed me two things. And he showed me that there's some of you in here that you, uh, you went through, it was probably years ago, you went through that, that foundational season where you, you became the beloved of God and he fathered you and you became child. And then you learned worship and you built this foundation and that God has actually ushered you in the last, maybe the last years, the last uh, length of time, and you've actually begun growing up into other identities, into world changer, into leader, into whatever it is. And it's um, more of these co-laboring relationships. Does that make sense? So it's still always relational with God, but there are some, you know, like child, Abba child, you don't really do much. You know what I'm talking about? You know, but like when Jesus is the high priest and apostle of our faith, and then I believe, like we're, we're doing things together. Does that make sense? Yeah. But I felt like there's people that you had that season, and you've actually been up in more of like a co-laboring relationship, but you're actually overexerting that relationship, and you're kind of tired here, and God's actually trying to draw you back into a deepening of identity as, as, as beloved, as child, as worshiper, and it's almost like to revisit the foundation again. Like God's actually drawing some of us back to that place. And then I felt the other group of people was that there's some of you uh, that you've actually been, currently, you've been walking this season of God as Abba and, and learning to worship God as good, but God is actually now branching you and he's like, hey, it's time to start building. Like, you don't just stay Abba child. Like, that's the most important one. We access that. I access that almost every day of my life. But then it's like unto, right? More of a mature, growing up into a matured son, matured daughter. So I, I feel that there's actually transitioning uh, in this season of our church and that God is transitioning um, how he's actually working to mature you and develop you. Does that make sense? So, yeah, in him... We exist, we move, we have our being. And I just wanna bless you all tonight to go and discover in relationship with God what being in him actually means and what it's all about. So I'm gonna invite you to stand. I'm gonna have the prayer team come forward. Or the worshiper come forward. Lord, we thank you for your intentionality in our lives. You are just simply amazing. And we are fascinated with the reality that you want to make us like Jesus. God, it's just, uh, it's almost too good to be true that you believe in us this much. And I just ask for wisdom, God, that we can actually take hold of what you're communicating to us tonight. And that you just provoke us, God, and, uh, to go deeper into your presence, to actually make this real in our lives, God. And I thank you that it boils down to two things. We need to know what you're doing, what you want them to be to us. 
and what aspect of our identity you're wanting to mature. And I just pray, God, for wisdom, that your spirit of wisdom will rest on us, that as we go and spend time with you, God, you'll speak and you'll make known your will and your heart to us. Lord, that we be filled with the knowledge of your will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding as Paul prayed in Colossians 1. And for those, God, that have been uh, learning what it means to be a co-laborer with you and partnering with you and different expressions of identity, God, I thank you that you're drawing some of us back into the simplicity of being child. <laughs> and you're again, Lord, just strengthening a foundation of what it means to be a worshiper. God, for those that have been uh, at work laying a foundation of worship in their lives, God, learning what it means that you're daddy God. Lord, that you are uh, also committed to growing them up into maturity and that you're just calling them. I just feel like for some of you in that place, it's gonna be, it's gonna be change. You know, it requires something new uncomfortable but Lord you're, you're in it all and you're leading each one of us so intentionally so beautifully and we thank you for that so we say yes tonight God to the grace that's available and I just ask God for grace tonight God that you'd encounter many with grace and if you find yourself in any one of those places and you'd like prayer we'd love to pray with you tonight and just Really simply, just pray and ask for grace, for God's empowering presence to just come. That it's in his presence we receive wisdom, it's in his presence we find clarity and we receive revelation. And I just pray grace for the journey, God. I pray like what Paul would always pray and write, that grace will be with us, God. That your grace abound to Riverhouse Church and that you lead us more deeply into the beautiful revelation of who you are and who we are in you. God, eternity, eternal life is that we know God. And we thank you that eternal life has already started. And we want to pioneer as far into it on this side of death as possible. God, may our faith turn to knowledge and may your fullness invade this house like it never has before. We thank you, God, for the glory of Christ in us, God, the glory of the identity that you have given us when you created us, and that the shed blood of Jesus was given to redeem the full expression of the earth, God. I just look out over these people and I see diamonds, God, diamonds of glory, diamonds of glory, God, just refract your glory in a thousand different ways in each one of us and send us out to be these powerful manifestations of the presence of Jesus through his beloved sons, daughters, resting places, sheep, brides, all of it, God. We just wanna express it all. So we thank you, we pray this in your name, we receive the grace that's available and we step into it tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Riverhouse Podcast. 
For more information, visit riverhouseministries.com.